Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Oh, Craig. Craig, Craig, Craig. What did we just watch? I don't know, but I hope you have all day because that's how long I want to talk about it. <laughs> we could talk about it forever. Oh, my word. Okay, so I don't even know. I'm just going to jump into this. Uh, yeah. Craig chose the 1978 American supernatural body horror film, The Manitou, starring of all people, Tony Curtis and Susan Strasberg. <laughs> I've never seen this before. I feel like I've heard of it. I feel like it's on some lists, but it wasn't really on my radar. So, yeah, it's my first time seeing it, and I'm glad I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about you, Craig? Uh, why did you choose this for this week? I don't know. This isn't the type of movie I usually watch, but I was looking for something to watch just for myself, and I went to Shudder, and I was just scrolling through, like, what's new? And this popped up, and I had never heard of it before. I am almost positive I had no idea that this movie existed. So I clicked on it, and I read the blurb, which was really short, but kind of intriguing. So I went to, I scrolled down to the uh, viewer reviews, and I really usually like the viewer reviews on Shudder because they're brief and they don't usually spoil things, like people are polite and don't spoil things. But people were like, guys, watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it and thank you later. (laughs) It was, uh, it, it was wild. (laughs) you know i don't think we've i don't want to say we haven't seen a movie like this we've seen some pretty wild stuff in the last few years of doing this but nothing quite like this this is really out there i would almost liken it a little bit to altered states have you seen altered states Uh, i don't know it's it starts out kind of sci-fi and um really intriguing and then it goes into just wackadoodle campy territory and you're like what movie did this become But with Altered States, it's just supposed to be a trippy movie anyway. This movie seems like it's taking itself seriously, Mm -hmm. but then it plays like a parody almost. Like, so much of it is unbelievable. I Just watch the movie before we talk about it. Yeah, oh, oh, don't don't listen to this first. Watch it, because it's so much better. I only kind of knew vaguely, vaguely what it was about, and I wish that I hadn't even known that. Just just trust us. Turn it off. Come back. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying because it's just so weird, but it doesn't feel like parody, I guess, because they are taking it seriously. I don't know. Yeah. The movie is just so bizarre. Like, it's bizarre tonally. At first, I thought that I was kind of maybe watching like a 1930s farce like mm-hmm. like I, tony curtis in the beginning ah, and, and there's so much story i took 400 pages of notes on this movie because i, uh, I gave up i just <laughs> I, I went I to the wikipedia i went to the wikipedia page and i realized that the plot summary of this is like two pages long so i'm like okay i'm just gonna refer to that while we talk because Oh my God, the story goes all over the place. And it's crazy. And it jumps right into it and it just keeps going. But it's like, it's weird tonally. So the the, the first thing <laughs> that we, we meet this woman named Karen who appears to be 
the protagonist of the movie, and she's going to the doctor because she has this new tumor on her neck that just appeared a few days ago, but it's getting big. And he, like, checks it out, and she says, just casually... Well, it... it kind of moves sometimes it it almost shifts as if uh well it's as if someone were trying to turn over and get comfortable in bed how often does that happen maybe four or five times a day <laughs> okay <laughs> doctor's like uh, all right whatever they're and they're looking they're looking at the <laughs> x-rays and they're like looks an awful lot like a fetus huh like, like, that's weird <laughs> okay new character then we move to harry played by tony curtis and again i guess just tony curtis's popularity was waning because he was getting older so he wasn't getting as much work that's the only reason i could i can imagine. think why he was doing this movie he is doing his best by the way in this movie i mean he is really just he is the straight man to all the nonsense that is happening around us and he's- the straight man oh my gosh <laughs> like if he's the straight man seriously he is a fake mustachioed psychic who gives tarot readings to rich old ladies right and he wears a cape yes and a fake mustache <laughs> The and he dances mustache. for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's silly. I, I was like, what? I, it is silly, I, but I, I didn't understand. I'm like, what movie is this? Is it a right. comedy? I'm fine with it if it's a comedy. I just didn't know it was going to be. But then it's really not. Like, No. Uh, I'm going to talk about this movie like I'm criticizing it. I'm not. I loved it. Like, I yes. loved it. <laughs> loved it. Like, I was a little concerned for the first... Uh, third, maybe even almost up to half. But once it got to the seance, I was in this. Like, this <laughs> is my kind of movie. I the was so seance. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? Oh, my word. This is nuts. God, I, you know, like, he's he's a psychic, fake psychic. It makes no difference to the plot of the movie at all. <laughs> No, it doesn't make any difference. It's just character building, I guess. But, like, he's a fake psychic, except, I guess, now <laughs> his tarot readings are actually working. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because, it turns out, he and Karen used to date. And she calls him. It's like, I know it's been a long time, but I really need you. And he's like, okay. So they go to China and walk around the gardens for a while. <laughs> but they immediately are back together. Fall back in love, I guess, yeah. This very night, they end up back at his house, I guess, in bathrobes. Like, just mm-hmm. lounging around in bathrobes. As he used to do in the, you know, 1978. I guess. And while she's sleeping, she's uttering some phrase. It's, Pana, oh, even the phrase is stupid. Pana witchy solitude. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so witchy in it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which upsets him a bit. Uh, th- this becomes this becomes a major point of the movie is that he just needs to know what this means and why she was saying it. Uh-huh. And he investigates all over the <laughs> he earth. He asks everybody he runs into on the street <laughs> if they know what that means. Pana oh. witchy solitude. And the funny thing is, is half the people that he says it to turn around and go, wait a minute, what did you just say? 
as though it's meaningful to them, but they're too afraid to tell him why. Oh, it's it, so it becomes the story of this couple just <laughs> attending to her medical needs for a while. Right. But it, it just does. so happens that it is like a freaking fetus in there, like. <laughs> <laughs> and and when the when they are going to try to cut it out and there's like a like you know we're we're witnessing surgery. the surgery and when the doctor goes to cut it she opens her eyes chants and the doctor like is psychically forced to cut himself uh-huh okay folks this is when things start getting weird like that (laughs) everything that we've talked about so far that is nothing that is a day in the park this is where things start getting weird yes when he when when the guy (laughs) gives a tarot reading yes to mrs hertz oh my god i don't even know what's happening this old lady mrs hertz comes in and i i I was like okay well this is she's the comic relief or something because she's this kind of like silly flustered old lady who sits down won't even sit at the table with him just sits in a in a chair in the other room while he reads the cards to her and he's doing the reading and i guess it's kind of bad it has like because i think obviously you know with these with these psychics and things like that they're always telling you things that make you feel good and so he's pulling up these cards and he's trying to make her feel good like he normally does and he's really overdoing it but it keeps coming up bad. So he's like, oh, let me just do that again. Oh, let me just do that again. And as she's watching, suddenly her face just kind of goes bug-eyed. Her mouth opens. She starts chanting stuff, gets stiff, and then stands right up. This older woman who needed help into the seat uh-huh. stands right up. He's like, oh, well, uh, uh, let me help you, uh, whatever. She pushes past him, goes out into the hallway, <laughs> And then floats, <laughs> levitates down <laughs> levitates the hall. Levitates down the hall while he just kind of stands there staring, like, "Oh, this is weird." <laughs> All the way to the staircase, and then I have never seen a stair fall stunt like this in my entire life. I've seen a lot of people in movies fall down the stairs. This woman takes out the entire banister on the way down. Oh my gosh! Just her body rips through each one of those wooden balustrade whatever you call them like they were made of balsa wood Uh uh-huh which they probably were i was like oh my god this is intense right and he's up at the top and i'm sorry but then we move on to the next part of the story from here like like, i'm just flabbergasted like where what like she she just levitated down the hall like does that just happen in this world? Because he doesn't see like he's he, he seems even... more horrified by the fact that she fell down the stairs than the fact that she floated all the way down the hall. And I mean, he seems almost more horrified at what she was chanting than any of that other stuff, because that's the thing that's got his attention. And that's the thing he keeps talking about afterwards. Oh, my goodness. So back to the hospital, <laughs> back to the hospital. He and Dr. Hughes have a conversation and I just. Oh, man, I wish we had the time I could just play this entire conversation out because every conversation between Dr. Hughes and Harry in the hospital is absolutely head-scratchingly hilarious. Yes. <laughs> the writing is so bad, and it's so contrived, and, and there are just lines, and they're stolen other. from other movies, and oh, my <laughs> God, it's so stupid. It's so deliciously bad, and they are playing it. This is what I mean. They are both playing it with the utmost seriousness. Her condition is, let's say, uh, stabilized at the moment. Stabilized? 
Is that all you've got to tell me is stabilized? Mr. Erskine, she's stabilized. For now, you'll have to be satisfied with that. What happened in the operation? It, uh... What? It wasn't successful. I, uh... I was about to remove the growth when uh, her pulse rate rose and her... Respiration dropped so drastically we had to discontinue. Well, what does all that mean? I've dealt with tumors for 20 years. I'm the best there is, top of the line. I have a million-dollar research facility and a couple of Cadillacs to prove it. And very honestly, Karen Tandy's got me stumped. Stumped? Yes. Without going into too much detail, uh, her tumor doesn't have any of the usual characteristics of tumorous tissue. What Karen has is a, a fast-growing swelling made up of flesh and bone. You might almost describe it uh, as a fetus. On her neck? Looking off into windows and walking yeah. over to books and turning around. In the meantime, there is this giant computer console that I just, you know, it's upstaging them in this room. No matter what they're saying, I just can't keep, can't stop thinking why is there this insanely huge 1970s style computer console behind this guy's desk? I don't know. <laughs> so distracting. I'm, I grew up, I was born in 78. And I remember at that time, computers were the size of like whole buildings, <laughs> you right? Remember, you remember what computers were like when you were born? No, I remember <laughs> shortly thereafter. I also remember pulling out the Encyclopedia Britannica and reading all about computers and seeing photos of them. But nobody had anything like this in their office. It was so hilarious. I'm like, well, that's clearly going to come into play at some point. Because oh. if it doesn't. Oh, it does. No, it's great. It totally, it totally pays off. I, I, I mean, I don't even know like what else. Okay, so th they keep talking about this thing. Like they, they just acknowledge, oh, well, it is a fetus. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and it's and it's it's growing really fast. So that's always kind of in the background. And 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 Harry, <laughs> Harry, like re when when Karen, I guess, is well enough to listen, he repeats that chant to her, which like causes her to like scream like a lunatic so so then harry <laughs> i have her name here i have no idea who she is harry asks amelia for help with karen and amelia says that they need to do a seance where karen lives who is this woman I is know. this just is this just the woman that you go to if you need a seance <laughs> like i don't <laughs> are we talking about amelia or or the bigger woman who is in the scene uh, oh i see okay maybe i'm mixing them up i'm talking about the older woman oh that's not even her that's mrs carmen Oh, oh, gosh. I don't know who Amelia is either. Amelia and her partner, MacArthur, have, like, a pirate shop, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> They're dressed like pirates. I guess sailors, old-timey sailors. And they oh have a shop gosh. that I thought initially was supposed to be, like, a shop of mystical occult-type things. But on the inside, it's just a bunch of fishing nets and <sighs> paraphernalia from ships and things. And That's hilarious. I had completely forgotten about them because really they're just like the Scooby gang. Like they're just there to do research. Like, like, <laughs> yes, that's the perfect way to describe it. Oh, they're just my goodness. around in case 
you need to do research. <laughs> and then they are right on top of that. <laughs> and they don't really bat. It's like, oh, they almost know what he's talking about. He's like, I think there's something. And he makes so many leaps of logic. You know, this is one of those movies where the characters figure out exactly what is going on, which is the most bizarre thing that could be going on. <laughs> <laughs> with next to no clues it's just suddenly and then it's not like let's call the news reporters let's call scientists let's call the police it's like no let's just me treat this as a given and talk to my other friends who are also going to treat it as a given uh-huh. and we're all just going to do these silly little things to try to i, I guess exercise that i don't why did they decide they needed a seance i don't know because Amelia said so. <laughs> was it because of, of the chanting? Did she recognize the chanting as being? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. They still haven't figured out. They haven't figured out what it is yet. I don't think. Mm-hmm. They do soon. And again, it's just like, oh, well, yep, that's what it is then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so <laughs> Harry, Amelia, uh, Mac, who whatever his name is, he's Amelia's guy. And Mrs. Carmen, this blonde older lady, do a seance. Which, by the way, we, we have no idea who this woman is. She just suddenly shows up in the group and is led I downstairs. I, seriously, I was hoping that you would have, like, I, no? I thought surely I missed something. I don't think so. Okay. She's maybe, just okay. there all of a sudden. Maybe, you know, <laughs> he's like a psychic. Maybe he knows psychics. I don't know. But they do this seance. And I loved this scene. Like, oh. oh, it was so good. Like, this is the best seance scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> to describe it as good, I don't even like, I, I just don't have a better word. Like, <gasps> I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is the best seance. <laughs> I was all in on this movie when this happened. Oh. So all in. The, the spirit first starts talking through the old blonde lady. But mm. then, like, and that's what I expected. I've seen a bunch of seances in movies. They're always pretty much the same. You know, the the table shakes and the wind blows and the glasses shatter. You know, you've seen it a million times. And this does that, but it also goes all in, like, with the lighting. <laughs> the, like, like neon color green. light. Yes. <laughs> And they're like lit from down low, so that you know the shadows are going up their faces. It looks, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, out of what looks like a big poker table, <laughs> starts to come out. I hadn't noticed anything unusual about the table before, but when they do a close up on it, and I'm sure that this is just special effects, but it's as though the surface is liquid. And this head starts to emerge out. And the head comes all the way up to its neck. And then it the head talks to them. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just stare at this like, well, good. This is what we were expecting to happen. And then they ask what it wants. And it speaks incoherently and then goes back away. Like that. What do you want with Karen Tandy? What are you looking for? It just showed up to be to hey like it didn't it didn't it didn't help tell them, them anything no no nothing nothing about this helped them no but it looked 
awesome. I loved it. And then the window blows open and a and storm lightning strikes and blows the table, up the table. Breaks it in half. They go <gasps> flying around the room. Oh man. It was insane. And then and here the- <laughs> and then here is the leap. Somebody says, That head kind of reminded me of something. <laughs> and Karen <Reminded> me. <laughs> Who was it? Somebody, one of them is like, it kind of reminded me of like a cigar store Indian. Maybe a medicine man. (laughs) And they're like, okay, that's our next clue. I think you're on to something. (laughs) This is truly Scooby-Doo. It really is. Oh, so then they go. And they visit Dr. Snow, who is Burgess Meredith, being yes. so Burgess Meredith. Oh, it yes. delightful. Oh, yes. It's just a Burgess Meredith cameo for the sake of it. Like, yes. And, and, and it's, it's great. Dr. Hughes called you and told you that the tumor on her neck is definitely a fetus. Now, all I want from you, sir, is some kind of an explanation. No, you're talking about my book. Now, what I wrote in my book, pardon me, uh, was uh, purely a, well, it's not here. It was purely a legend. It was a legend about a medicine man who was reborn in uh, 1851 in the upper Missouri among the Hidatsa tribe. It is a case with very little documentation, but it had to do with a young Indian girl who developed a swelling on her arm. I love Burgess Meredith. (laughs) I love him. He's sort of like the Robin Williams of his time, just very much more (laughs) muted. He's just kooky, and I feel like the directors just go, and action. Right. Just Just, let him do whatever the hell he wants to do. Because that's what this scene felt like. He's going through, and he's like this aged man, but he's like... He's an anthropologist, I suppose. And he's the exposition, is, is what he is. Yes, he's, he, he's exposition, man. Wanders through the place and is like making comments like, oh, I really need to clean this, or oh, this is dusty, or he's saying this very matter-of-factly, like, oh, yeah, this can happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, ancient Indian medicine men, their spirits will grow within people and eventually grow to full size and be born out of them. Then he, they wander upstairs to his attic. I guess it's his attic at... It was almost like a whole second floor on the house, I think. But uh, there's this giant cobweb <laughs> across the staircase that they have to push away. No, I didn't even know. It's so comical. It's like they just walked onto the Munsters set, you yeah. know, and borrowed it for this. And he wanders and pulls out a book. And does he tell him about the Manitou at this point? <laughs> he tells oh. um, what's his name? The main guy asks him about Hannah Witchy Salad Tooth. <laughs> again yes and 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 finally Burgess Meredith can tell him that Hannah Witchy Salad Tooth is a language of an extinct tribe and it means my death foretells my return thank god we waited 45 minutes for that payoff (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I could have waited much longer and what did they get from that just that because then they're like well maybe he says maybe you guys should actually go talk to an Indian medicine man yeah, like, and he just says stuff that is just so, he's like, oh, yeah, well. Dr. Snow, is there any way to stop this this medicine man or whatever it is before it kills her? Well, you know what you have to understand is that the magic of ancient 
Indian tribes was very, very powerful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. It's even worse than I thought. Oh, boy. And by the way, as all this is going on, I'm think, I'm, th- I'm still thinking, like, what about uh, Karen? Yeah. Where What's is she? What's her name is just in a hospital bed the whole movie this poor girl yeah she she they, like she was totally set up to be the main character and i was down like she seemed interesting i was interested in her weird tumor baby situation but then she is she's just, <laughs> she's just she is face down on <laughs> naked in a bed for the whole movie <laughs> basically alone in a room with just maybe one nurse attending him with this woman with this giant baby, apparently, they, growing yeah, in her back. They keep showing, like, close-ups of just, like, her back it covered with, like, a hospital <laughs> blanket, thin blanket, and the, it just keeps getting bigger. Like, the lump on her back just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Uh-huh. Oh, it's about to get so good. Oh, oh man. man. What, do, what do they do? Then they go meet John Singing Rock. <laughs> an, an actual medicine man played by not an Amer- Native American. Uh-huh. Michael Ansara. Yeah, and I read about this guy, and he actually uh, was concerned with representation. And uh, there was m- at least one time that I remember that he turned down a role because he heard that it an, a, an actual Native American had been turned down for it, or something like that. It was a different time. I, I mm. <laughs> you know, like well, good for him for being a little more progressive and realizing because most other people didn't give a shit. Well, right, and who knows? I read that bit of trivia somewhere. I I was just curious. I was interested to know if he was actually a Native American man. I don't know if it's makeup or a wig or what. He looks Native American, or he he doesn't look Caucasian anyway. Yeah, it's a decent enough uh, approximation, I suppose, to not be like total red face. Right, 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 right. I mean, it is red face, but... (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't look right. That bad. I mean, it is. So uh, he plays this medicine man, and he's, you know, gosh, I don't even know. At this point, the movie is feeling to me much like Poltergeist. Did you get a Poltergeist feel to it? Especially bringing mm. in, you know, the Native American who's going to, you know, true. help out with. That's very true. And then he's, he's, he, there's just, he tells him all of these things. And of course, as we're hearing them, we're learning them too. And he's like, uh, yeah, the Gitchy Manitou is like Indian Jesus. He only literally says that. Yeah, and there's the Manitou, and then there's the Gitchy Manitou, and then it turns out that everything is Manitou. It's Including a gun. A gun can be a Manitou. Machines, computers, electricity, everything. I, I was curious, so I looked into it. The Manitou is actually an Algonquin tradition and it kind of is what they say it is in the movie it's like the essence of everything things both living and and not uh it's Mm. it's it's in everything um so i mean they're drawing on a real thing this is based on a novel by the way and now i desperately want to read this book yeah me too and it's 10 sequels (laughs) what are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, an, a, it's a series of 11. I have no idea wi- what characters it follows. I have no idea how it's connected. But yeah, it was a series of 11 books. Wow. Oh, my God. So anyway, wow. then <laughs> so then once he picks up the medicine man, they go back to the hospital where they're going to try to remove the tumor with a laser. However, Karen <laughs> wakes up and stands awkwardly 
in the corner while the laser goes crazy and starts shooting people and cutting through walls the and, laser and, and causing explosions. I love the laser scene. It's nuts. It is just absolute pandemonium. Yeah, it's you know, great. The effects in this movie, when they're not like obviously like a little bad, like you can see the seams a few times, they're actually like they're all in on them, you know? Oh, yeah. Animated effects, the lasers going everywhere, things are exploding and stuff. It's, uh, yeah. This is an effects heavy movie. It's like, insane. We have not even gotten started. Like, <laughs> keep moving. <laughs> At, like every every five minutes, I'm going to say, you guys, it only gets weirder from here, and I can say that legit mm-hmm. until the last five minutes of the movie. Like it is <laughs> bananas. <laughs> it is absolutely crazy. Well. <sighs> Harry uh, and John, are, they're there now, and uh, now Karen is back in the bedroom, again on the bed, face down, quiet. Like, all these crazy, all this crazy shit can happen, and then in the next scene, everything is, like, back to normal, and everybody's calmly discussing what they're going to do next. And all the time, Harry is, somebody says, we should call the police. Harry just looks at them and goes, are you crazy? Call the police? <laughs> And give some, I don't even know what his excuse is. I don't either. None of it makes any sense. None of it makes any sense. It's just going to be these four people dealing with it, basically. Yeah. I I mean, when I say none of it makes any sense, I say that a lot about movies, and that's when things like just don't connect. Like, things do connect in this movie. There's an explanation for everything. As far-fetched and crazy as it may be, Mm -hmm. they go out of their way. To explain everything. (laughs) What what doesn't make any sense is how the people react to these situations. As though, like, it's really not that strange. Like, (laughs) Uh I mean, mean, this sucks, but it's, you know, like, (laughs) nobody's nobody's (laughs) perplexed about this. Like, well, I guess that's just the way it is. Oh, it's crazy. It reminds me of like a 50s B-movie, you know, some black and white 50s B-movie, some sci-fi thing where these crazy sci-fi things happen. And then the scientists kind of retreat to their study and pull out pipes and start casually discussing the science of it all. There's just these huge breaks and all these crazy action scenes where everything's back to normal. And they're all like, wow, that was weird. I'm even more concerned than I was before. But we can't call the police. What are we going to do now? And what they decide to do is John is going to kind of exercise or try to uh-huh. contain this. I mean, I guess he realizes it's going to be born. Right. So we got to contain it. And, of course, the doctor's totally willing to go along with this. And he draws a circle. He's like, all right, first we need to draw a circle of sand around the body. He draws not even a full circle of sand around the body. <laughs> the bed is pressed up against the wall. Yeah, and I guess the true. wall is as good as sand for this spirit. <laughs> <laughs> he makes this big deal. Nobody break the sand barrier. Nobody touch it. Nobody mess it up or anything. But yeah, it, it's more of a U shape that stops at the wall. And then he talks to the spirit. I think <laughs> yeah. Karen starts talking and... Oh. What is your name? Miss Cormac. 
white's little brother from the plains. Do not help them or die. Oh, these lines are just great. Like I, oh. I, I wrote half of the script down because every line <laughs> just cracked me up. Um, and, and he, Harry or whatever his name is, is concerned about Karen and the the medicine man's like, well, if I win, she lives. If I lose, she'll experience less pain than any of us. And like, it just, oh, I want to kiss on the lips whoever oh. wrote this dialogue because, oh, I was dying. Dodd, I was seriously... I read it was written in three days. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, it shows. It wasn't, yes. obviously, it wasn't edited or no. revised. It's, <laughs> I, I was seriously, like, you know, I was watching it on my computer, but they would say these lines, and I would pause to laugh <laughs> and write it down, like, laugh out loud, because I thought it was so funny but i wanted to pause because i didn't want to miss it and sometimes i would hit that like back 10 seconds button and listen to it again because they're just so funny and Mm -hmm. and it's not a comedy (laughs) dead serious about this like this is supposed to be the scariest how to describe it because like it's not even so bad it's good because i don't even think it's that bad like no I like it. I, <laughs> but it it's is just, silly. It's a goofy script that everybody just went all in on. Yeah, really. I mean, it's that's what it is. Silly. It's super goofy. It's Demacus, the greatest medicine man of all. and then for some reason henry is out of the room for a second and he comes back and somebody's face gets smashed through the window and Mm -hmm. he looks in and the manitou is almost out and i am dying like (laughs) she is writhing on the bed and and she's naked, you know, she's covered from the waist down by a blanket, but from the top up, naked. And her skin is like a flesh-colored condom. <laughs> because <laughs> it's not really even taut. Like, it's it's kind of loose. It's gross. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see things moving around under there, and then you see its hands. And then, <laughs> I, honest to God, did not think that it was, this was, we were going to see this happen. The, an arm starts to come out. And I, I swear to God, like, I am freaking out. I am, like, bouncing in my chair. And then it cuts away for a second. And then it cuts back. And the Mantu, like, flops out onto the floor <laughs> and starts pulling, like, army crawling, slithering around the floor. And and then oh and then God. it and then it kneels and prays and I'm there by myself and I out loud <laughs> is that a little person <laughs> and inexplicably it's a little person in a little demon suit I yes like mm, maybe it's not fully grown yet like maybe that's just the size that the demon comes out. And it'll get bigger later. 
it was just such a shock to me. <laughs> I know. And, and and the the creature costume makeup, I love it. It's actually pretty. It's cool. it's it's slimy and great. I loved it. It had that look like um like kind of they they took all that care and the, like the Wishmaster to give yes you know the demon's face those kind of like high cheekbones and kind of angular features and also like he had a couple contacts in I suppose uh-huh. like a yellow thing and they get these close-ups on his eyes a lot yeah looking left and right because he can cyclically manipulate things and he there's the body of the dead orderly or whatever in the corner of the room which then gets up and comes towards them like a zombie to try to attack you know the funny the other funny thing about this is is that people are dying and they just leave their bodies there. Nobody ever runs to try to help them to see if they're still alive. No, and this anything. is in a hospital. Yes, it's literally in a hospital and like there has been a corpse since this man's head went through this window. There's been a corpse in the corner of this room for like a good hour or two that nobody has touched except at one point the doctor had said we should put a sheet over him. <laughs> he didn't say we should check to see if he still has a pulse. And this is the guy who gets animated and comes towards them. Yeah. I don't remember what happens. They, they just kind of like... At the last minute, somebody shoots it or something. I mean, it's... it's There's an, it's another a, a suspenseful uh, moment with no real payoff. Yeah. From this point forward, this is the form of the Manitou. This little person in a suit, and I love it. Uh, and I looked it up, and the Manitou was played by uh, two men, two little men. And I, they both have worked a lot in the types of roles that you would expect, like uh, Star Wars. One of them was a dink in uh, Spaceballs. Oh. Love, love that movie. <laughs> you know, when they... Dink, <laughs> dink, 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 dink. Think, yeah, one of those guys. Yeah, and one of them, and I don't remember which was which, but one of them was the blob operator in Weird Science, which I choose to believe means that he was the guy in the Chet Shit Monster. Oh, but you can look, you can look at those guys' resumes, their IMDb profiles, and they they work all the time, all the time. They're still working, mm. and I love this. Like it's just, it was so, it was unexpected. I expected it to be huge, you know, like yeah. some giant beast bursting out of her. No, it's just this little guy, <laughs> but he's super uber powerful, and. I, I don't know if you want to talk about things in sequence, but from this point, things just are nuts. And everything that happened from this point, things are nuts. Yes. Everything that happened was just almost brought a tear to my eye. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I think is crazy is that as soon as they summon this demon and he stands pretty patiently, I guess, by the foot of the bed for most of the rest of the movie... Although a lot of time passes. Yeah. So much time passes that eventually they leave the room for a while and just stand down the hall and smoke some cigarettes trying to figure out what they're going to do next or waiting for something. There's an ancient Indian demon just birthed out of the back of this woman's back, caught in this chalk circle or whatever, and you just put another orderly there to just watch the door and yawn for a while. Yeah. I just kept thinking, 
what about poor Karen? Have Nobody they just cares. completely written her off? She's in the circle. There's nothing they can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, nobody even mentions this. Nobody's like, I'm worried about Karen. I hope Karen's okay. She's such an afterthought. Until yeah, the very, very end. Mm-hmm. This is this is also, they, like, again, I, they go to extreme lengths to make sure all the puzzle pieces fit because they tell us at this point that everything has a Manitou, even man-made things. And so Mm -hmm. you have to be careful because the Manitou can use Manitou to like manipulate like police guns and stuff like that. So we know that now. Um, he, he skins the orderly and then makes a lizard appear. That's my favorite part. That's the part that I was trying to get to. Um, somehow the Manitou breaks the circle, uh, like psychically. And then he chants to summon a demon and it is a ghost lizard. And it is just like, <laughs> it's a ghost lizard. It's is just literally like, it's just like kind of superimposed over him. Like you would have to explain, like they just, they put another film over this film, right? Mm-hmm. or something like that it feels like in once in one in one or two shots it looked like the pepper's ghost illusion where they were projecting it on glass in front of them but then there's clearly a composite shot with with yeah. the, the doctor's hand gets bit by the ghost lizard yes and and then they say i don't know what spirit he'll summon next i i have in my notes manitou chance to summon demon colon Ghost lizard, exclamation point. <laughs> this is amazing, exclamation point. <laughs> oh, it was so good. You guys, this was the middle of the day. Like, I was of sound mind. I told Todd, I texted Todd. I didn't tell him anything about the movie. I was like, bro, this is going to be fun. After I, yeah. and, and I had been having a bad day. Like just not a great day one of those days where you really have to pretend even more than usual that you can tolerate people and Mm. then i watched this in the early afternoon and the and the whole rest of the day was lovely (laughs) 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 it made me so happy and i couldn't wait to talk about it (laughs) oh god the ghost lizard what else what else happens uh the floor that karen is on turns into a tundra. Yeah, it becomes a winter wonderland. Yeah. Yeah, that looks like exactly like Kirksville High School prom 1993 winter wonderland. Like <laughs> that's what it looks like. Yeah. The, the, it looks so bad. Paper mache, like ice against the walls and like big uh, dramatic icicles from the ceiling. And, oh, it looks oh, really and just, terrible. And they spend a lot of time in there too. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I loved it. Even the nurse, the desk nurse, is completely frozen. frozen. And then the... Okay, so I have... John (laughs) says, I tried to stop him. I tried everything. And then... What happened down here? What caused all this ice? It's a demon we call the Star Beast. The spirit of the North Wind. Preparing the way for some greater demon. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what 
where are they coming from? I don't even know what my notes mean. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, no. and then the frozen nurse explodes. Oh, my God, yes. The spirit causes like a snowstorm to blast through, and it breaks the windows and takes the nurse to pieces. Her head goes through a broken window. Her arm flies off. Oh, it's, it, again, nobody gives a shit, by the way, about fantastic. these people. Fantastic. And then he picks up a typewriter and throws it at the guy. A typewriter. It's a 70s computer. It's the size of a hay bale. Well, it's like the size of a 70s electronic typewriter is what it is. <laughs> it's hilarious. It is, it is big and heavy, but he chucks it at him. And then it stops everything. And that's when John patiently reminds him, the electronic Manitou is what got him. Wait, 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 wait. John, John the medicine man's like, I've called on every spirit. And Harry says, what about Gitchy? And, and and John says, Harry, no one calls on Gitchy Manitou. And then Harry says, yeah, well, he's about to get a personal call from me. Collect. <laughs> And storms out of the room. Oh. I just love it that when he threw the typewriter at, at this guy at this thing, that's what stopped everything. And the explanation yeah. was, well, it, it's the electronic Manitou. You know, there's a Manitou in everything. And, and, you know, and he keeps saying, well, don't anybody bring the police. What are you, crazy? I'm thinking, bring the police. Bring the police with all their guns and let the bullet Manitous take this guy out. <laughs> no. Instead, like, oh. instead, somebody, <laughs> Harry, because... He's like Columbo and MacGyver all in one. He's he's like he's like how much of this <laughs> He's like he's like how much of this electrical equipment do you have? <laughs> Can you turn it all on at once? <laughs> oh my god. I, I swear to god I have the I have it all right down. Suppose we took the Manitou of all this machinery in this hospital and turn it on all at once and direct the energy toward the Mixmaster. <laughs> it might just work. <laughs> but at this time, the whole room shakes up. Like, literally, the room looks like it's falling apart. This is a room, by the way, on, like, the top floor of this skyscraper. And the walls are moving and the floor is coming apart into pieces. And then it all just stops, and the room is normal again. And uh, that's when John says, oh, the great old one is coming, a powerful satanic demon. The great devourer. He's opening a portal. We better act fast. We better act fast. So they get back to Kara's room. Oh, <laughs> God. Like, at this point, you're like, what more could they give? Like, if it were my birthday, if it were my birthday, what else could they do? I would have asked for, like, I don't know, like a Star Wars-style laser space galaxy shootout. And that's exactly what you would get, my friend. <laughs> oh, Just when you think somebody on production would be like, you know, that's too silly. Somebody else was like... <laughs> nope. Doing it. F and A. <laughs> doing it. Opening a door, Twilight Zone style, to outer space. <laughs> <laughs> Set up the camera. This is literally what happens. They open the door and it is suddenly like outer space. Like you said, like the intro to the Twilight Zone where there's a door floating through outer space with stars <laughs> and everything and it opens. It's like they're they are in that door looking in on this. 
And it's Karen in her bed. And they will stay there until the movie is over. <laughs> Manitou is floating around over on one side of the galaxy. Karen and her bed are over here on the other side of this galaxy. They're staring, standing in the door. Not nearly as shocked as I would be if oh, no. I were in this spot. They're not at all surprised. <laughs> it's coming, the great cosmic battle or something. <laughs> so, Dr. Hughes... Thankfully, now we know why he has the console in his office, so that he can turn on and control all the machines in the entire building through it, which the act of turning them on apparently starts to raise the energy. Yeah, but just before that, the great old one appears behind the Manitou, and it's just like a light show. (laughs) (laughs) With an eyeball. Right, it's reminiscent of like the journey through Willy Wonka's tunnel. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) It's a light show with an occasional shocking image, right? Exactly. Mostly of an eye. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Love it. But you're right. Then then they turn it all on at once. (laughs) 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 And the computers are smoking. How much of this electrical stuff do you have? Can you turn it all on at once? <laughs> Somebody wrote that. Not just the lines, the plot point. Like that is a plot point. I I swear to God, I want to meet. <laughs> oh man, the director was one of the writers, and you can't meet him because he died. He died before the movie even came out. Isn't that sad? In a helicopter crash in the Philippines. It's really sad. It, uh, he made some interesting things before this, so I kind of want to go back and watch now. I know, and I was reading something about this movie. I couldn't find a lot about it, which was kind of uh, disappointing. I wanted all the tea. Like, I wanted all the backstory about this movie, and there just isn't much to be found, at least that I could find. Um, But this poor guy uh, had done a couple of other schlocky movies, and he did this movie, and yeah, he was scouting uh, for another movie, and he died in a helicopter crash. And the article that I read was like, what a bummer, because think of all the wacky movies we could have gotten. And, and, I have never seen anything like this. We should tell the end. We should talk about the end. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Okay. So Harry says, all right, Miss Menicus, I've had enough of this. (laughs) Who do you think you are? We're not going to scream anymore at each other. Miss Menicus, you listen. (laughs) (laughs) yes Yes. (laughs) pretty good invitation. (laughs) And the machine's manitous are focusing their power. <sighs> Karen finally gets her moment. Like like it like it at first. At first it seems like it's not going to work. Like it seems like oh no, the machine's manitous aren't on our side. But then the th- machine's manitous start working for them and apparently like Karen talked them into it, I guess. Because now <laughs> all the machines are focusing their manitous through her. So, she sits up in bed. Naked from the waist up, boobs out, looking, banging, looking like she just got a blowout. She is fresh out of the salon, <laughs> looking hot. And they focus all their power through her, and she shoots a laser beam at the man. She shoots lasers out of her arms for a while, actually. There's a lot of oh, yeah. lasers, lasers shooting out of her fireballs. Hands. There's all kinds of stuff going on. There are meteorites. There are meteorites coming at them. They're literally dodging meteorites, which she's shooting with her lasers. Oh, man. And then the great one shoots fireballs at them, but Karen hits it with her lasers, and her power goes through the big space eyeball, and it blows up. Like the Death Star. Yep. 
And then oh. Harry and Karen embrace. And and John's explanation was because this because Karen sits up right after Harry chews out the monster, and John says it was your love that brought her back. Yep. <laughs> Damn straight. And that's the end. And then it's kind like, of. well, that was weird. And then and then so then like uh, Harry is like putting John in a cab. And he's like, well, I guess we're fine. The Manitou's dead. And John's like, his body is dead, but his spirit lives on. And then it cuts to an aerial shot of the city. And a text comes up that says, fact, Tokyo, (laughs) Japan, 1969. A 15-year-old boy developed what doctors thought was a tumor in his chest. The larger it grew, the more uncharacteristic it appeared. Eventually, it proved to be a human fetus right like we needed this at the end i needed some reassurance that this movie is based in reality please show me this fact on the screen todd i was shocked i had no idea that this was based on a true story i was just blown away (laughs) (laughs) right wow i'm Uh, glad that they saved it for the end because i would have been skeptical otherwise mm -hmm. mind blown oh man alive i tell you what this is one of my new favorite movies Mm -hmm. i don't say that very often but this movie is fantastic this is right up there with blood rage and uninvited as far as i'm concerned yeah, okay, so for me, it would be like, it rivals, for me, Death Spa. De- the difference is, Ooh. the difference is Death Spa was intentionally silly. Right. And I don't think that this one is. It, they're just different. Love them both. I don't know, there was another one, another b- bad movie. The, that cat, we... the cat on the boat, the uninvited. The cat, the evil cat in, in the cat mm-hmm. on the boat. That one, too. I really like oh. that movie, too. Uh, this one is in a class all its own because yes. I refuse to call it a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's original. I think the plot line is interesting as crazy as it is. And it's it's not really full of holes. Like you have to just get on board with it mm-hmm. and just accept that, okay, that's what it is. But they did explain it. <laughs> Even though no... People aren't really acting logically in the face of no, such a thing. But, no, you know, no, not logically. So that's movies, generally. And I don't know. Even even the things that... Like the, the frozen floor. It looks terrible. I didn't even care. Mm-hmm. I was so into the movie. I'm like, oh, that looks awful. Who cares? This is fun. Right. Like, oh, my God. Especially, f- I swear to God, from this... Up until the seance, I was like... Ugh. It's all right. I'm I'm sure we'll find interesting things to talk about. Seance on. I was giddy. I was giddy. The movie was so fun because it was so ridiculous. Uh, It was great. Yeah, you know, it's not terribly reviewed. It's odd because this seems like the kind of movie people would just dump on like relentlessly and kind of in a mean way. And the reviews it's that I read are quite kind to it. They're all just saying the same thing we're saying. Like, this is absolutely absurd. But it's got some fun special effects, and the acting is pretty good. There's a couple instances where the acting's kind of crazy, but it's the script that makes the acting look silly. Yeah, yeah. That's it. But we got great actors in here, and oh, man, how nuts. I love that. I can't believe I've never heard of it. It's so strange. Me too. And, and you know uh, what? There's, 
very little trivia about it. I know. I looked. I, I tried harder than I usually try. I usually hit up the regular spots, IMDb, Wikipedia, you know, do a, a regular Google search. I, I looked for stuff here, and I just couldn't find anything, and I was disappointed. Yeah. Because I can only imagine there are great stories. There have to be. Uh, oh, come man. on. Yeah. Maybe someday. Who knows? I want to see all this director's movies. I want to see... Project Kill, Abby, Asylum of Satan, and Three on a Meat Hook. All of them sound great. Abby, I think, was a fairly blatant exorcist ripoff, as is this one, really. Mm-hmm. And and that's totally, yeah, it, like, if somebody's going to, oh, it's a ripoff of The Exorcist. Yep, sure is. Sure is. Yeah. Uh, and I liked it. Anyway, it it gave me poltergeist vibes too, uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Which again, another one of my favorite movies. Two of my favorite movies, giving me those vibes. Give it to me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also one of the very few movies that have you know Native American spiritual elements to it. And I've and I know this because I think we might have discussed this when you know when we were doing a movie or two. But I've been on the lookout for them because I was hoping we could put together a whole theme month of this kind of stuff and there's not a lot of it out there so yeah it's groundbreaking in so many ways <laughs> yeah i don't know about that but oh gosh friends friends of the podcast oh. i hope i really really hope that you took our advice and uh went and watched it before you listened to this but if you yeah. didn't oh man alive like do it. Oh, please, please. Go now. Because uh, if, if, if you like the kind of stuff we like, and maybe you don't, but if you do, oh, you're going to like this movie. You're going to have it's a on good Shutter? time. It's on Shudder. Uh, and probably other places. Probably. Yeah. Well, thank you, Craig, for choosing the movie this week. Thank you, listeners, for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. If you've seen this movie, please let us know what you thought about it. As we said, we could talk about it all day. We can continue that discussion online. You can find our Facebook page. Leave us a comment there. You can find our website. Leave us comments there. You can join our patrons. And uh, we always have back... back uh I want to say backdoor conversation. That sounds bad. We, we always have, um, you know, a, kind of a backroom conversation going with our patrons uh, throughout the the week about the movies that we do. Just check out patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast or Google two guys in a chainsaw podcast to find all those things and more. We also have an Instagram and a Twitter if you're into that. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys in a chainsaw. Uh-huh.